Hola familia conectada, bienvenido por una semana más, gracias por acompañarnos y el tema de esta semana es un tema medio, medio difícil para comunicar y para expresar, pero hoy voy, voy a compartir con ustedes el, la experiencia que yo tuve en la cual el sufrimiento y las cosas que estaban sucediendo en mi vida realmente me hicieron ver a Dios como mi enemigo y... Para alguien que ha sido cristiana por toda su vida prácticamente, es algo súper difícil para procesar y te deja en un, en un estado súper confundida y al mismo tiempo yeah, media enojada y desanimada con, con Dios y con mi fe y con todo lo que realmente he creído por, por toda mi vida básicamente. Entonces, bueno, ahí vamos a empezar a compartir y espero que al final de esto ustedes puedan tener un entendimiento más profundo del efecto que sufrimiento tiene en, en el camino, camino cristiano. Bueno, empecemos. All right, connected fam. You may not have understood a single word of that, <laughs> but trust me, it was all legit. Um, I did have a listener make a comment on Facebook on one of um, our podcast uh, posts and they were like, oh, you should do an episode in Spanish. So I, I'm not going to do an episode in Spanish, but I thought today I'd, I'd do a little intro with Spanish. But yeah, I'll just, if you did not understand that, you better go find yourself a Hispanic friend so they can translate for you. Um, but yeah, um, as I did mention in the intro, today's episode is going to be a little bit of a heavy subject. It is going to be, um, yeah, we're just going to, I'm just going to tell you where I was at prior to my road trip. And yeah, for those who have listened to the previous episode, you will see, um, Yeah, you'll just see where I was in terms of accountability and in terms of, you know, what God, I'm going to just live my best life right now and you're not included um, and why I got to that point. So, yeah, we're going to look at why I felt that God was my enemy. But before we get started, my Listener Appreciation Award this week goes to the Stanton family. Uh, so it goes to Hyper, Vanessa, Lauren and Kelly Stanton. They are from Brisbane and they are on the north side of Brisbane. Now this family, I can honestly tell you they're like a little piece of heaven on earth. They are a family that if you get fired from work, go to their house and they'll make you feel better. If um, your dog dies, go to their house, they will make you feel better. If you have a flat tire, go to their house. Um, If, I don't know, if you dropped your phone, go to their house. They will make you feel better. They are just a family that is, is just oozing love and happiness. And yeah, I, I have a lot of respect and I have a deep, deep affection for them. Uh, we attended the same church while we were in Brisbane before we moved out to the country. And... Yeah, they're just the kind of people within like a minute, they will have made you smile. They would have made you laugh. Um, and yeah, I just, I have really valued them. And whenever I do see them or even when I think of them, like when I think of Hyper and Vanessa, I just see smiles. Like, yeah, they, they are just a really joyful family. 
Um, and I'm sure they're not perfect. So let me <laughs> let me just still make them human. Uh, but I must say that every interaction that I have had with them and yeah, whenever they have invited me home, there is a level of hospitality that people can provide and the Stanton family provide a level of hospitality where you are part of their family um, and you are part of their family from the beginning and all the way till the end. Uh, so yeah, I have really appreciated them and um, I know Hyper listens. I think the girls may listen, but anyway, I'm just giving you all a shout out because I just felt the, the need to express my love for you all. Uh, so yeah, so thank you Hyper for supporting. Um, and yeah, thanks girls as well. There's been some engagement through Facebook as well. So I'm assuming you're at least looking at the post. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an award for that. Uh, also, the, if, if, if you are deep down inside hoping that you're going to get a listener appreciation award, um, as one of my listeners expressed last week, I do want to let you know that I am purely going my appreciation awards are purely given based on engagement through Facebook and through Instagram. So I do, I'm sorry, I'm really slack. I have like not given appreciation awards to anyone on Instagram. Um, clearly you can see Facebook is my favorite um, source of social media, but I will be doing some Instagram appreciation awards because there are some people that are on Instagram that aren't on Facebook. Okay, long story short, I will give awards to people that I know are listening. They've you've either told me or I've either heard from the the gossiping Adventist. No, just I've either heard from other people that you're listening or because I see your engagement through social media. So if I don't, yeah, if I don't see that, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'll I'll work to try and getting through just general people that are on the pages that have liked the pages. But anyway, okay. So the title for this week is. Um, when God is your enemy and it is going to be a little heavy of an episode and I, I'm going to pray before we get into it only because I, I don't want it to be a discouragement for people, but I also don't want it to be an episode that it just evokes really judgmental way of thinking. So I do want it to be, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's just pray and then <laughs> then I'll get into it. Um, dear Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity uh, again to just share my experience. Thank you so much that at the end of all of this, I am with you. Thank you that I am still holding on to you. And yeah, I just pray to Father that as we go into this episode, my sincerest and my deepest desire is that uh, our listeners will come out with a deeper understanding of how experiences can shape our faith and how uh, suffering also shapes our faith. And I just pray, dear Father, that, yeah, at the end of this, we can be more empathetic and we can be more understanding and we can be more sensitive to people's experiences. Um, if it creates judgment, let it be. It's uh, no big deal for me. Um, but that isn't the intention of what I want people to finish this episode. I don't want them to be thinking of me and and where I was at. Um, I want them to understand that this is where some people, um, yeah, where some people end up at as a result of circumstances in their life. Uh, so we thank you so much in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. So um, for those who know what's been going on, you all know, <laughs> I feel like I'm always repeating myself, telling you the same story. Um, it's been a really rough, um, yeah, last 12 months or so, uh, dealing with certain things, but 
I, I want you to get this, like, if I was to do a timeline and if I was to put particular things on that timeline, events or situations that have occurred, I believe that there are situations where, how can I say it? Maybe our own insecurities, our own dysfunctions, things that we need to deal with create set us up for destruction if that makes sense um there are certain things that i believe in my own life that i have because i have not dealt with them because i have not wanted to face those issues in my life it has set me up for a lot of pain and suffering so i don't want to make this about god doing this to me um i don't want to take myself out of this situation and be all about oh it's god i do really want to hold myself accountable and i don't for those who know i am it's very easy to stay in the victim mode and to just drown in self-pity and that is something that i have that is definitely an issue that i have um i really love self-pity and it's not healthy so i i I don't want to put this on God, God did this, why did God, but I will admit that given my insecurities and given my dysfunctional and very distorted way of thinking, this whole process and the reason why I felt the way that I felt did come about because of the fact that I did not want to be accountable for anything and I did not want to take responsibility for certain things and certain things in related to my own way of thinking my way of behaving so um i'm a very relational person extremely relational <laughs> those who know me i just thrive off interaction um it and that is before i moved out to the country and was isolated and had no human interaction for <laughs> like long periods of time um i was very relational when i was in brisbane i have always been i just yeah love being around people and as a result of that i feel that there are certain unhealthy character traits of mine i've spoken about them previously there's codependency issues um there's also feeling a need to belong feeling a need to be accepted and when i don't have that when i don't feel that or when i don't sense that um my mind is very negative and very critical and i will just go into this really bad space so i believe that in the beginning of these last whatever maybe like 12 months um I've gone through a lot of stuff that I have never gone through. And again, I feel that it is because of my own poor choices. And it is because I have not dealt with certain things that now, by by God's grace and to his glory, I have dealt with. And I think I can control those things a lot more. Um, but like I said, prior to these 12 months, I haven't dealt with that stuff. And yeah, being in the dark space that I was, I decided I can either continue to pull myself even further down. I was seeing the effects it was having on my family. I was seeing the effects it was having on my personal walk with God and the effects it was having on my church and my outreach and ministries. So I basically have dealt in these last 12 months with relational hardship um on 
many levels. It's not just with the incident that happened with that uh, person at church. It has also affected me. I have dealt with some stuff personally in terms of my marriage, uh, which I haven't I hadn't dealt with properly and I feel like I'm still really not dealing with them properly but we're working on it um, at least I'm working on it uh, Stevie's just been really patient and really supportive and just being like when you're ready you're ready kind of thing um, and then there's like relational stuff that I've been dealing with my children as well so I've been dealing with a lot of stuff like you have no idea I feel like I've been dealing with 35 years worth of stuff in the last 12 months now in preparation for probably the biggest heartache and the biggest disappointment the biggest uh, like you have no idea I thought what happened with that church member was like the worst I thought that was like gonna break me I was never gonna like surpass that and then in the last so about four months ago there was a realization that I had to accept and it came with regards to the future of our family um, won't really get into too much detail about that, but um, I think I think sometimes we can be so sure of God's will and we go forth so sure of God's will that we're like, my faith is like, my faith will not be shaken. I know this is God's will for my family and for our lives and for our future. And that was probably the one thing that I was like, this is the one thing that can't be taken away from me. Um, I felt that this is the one thing where I was like, yep, God, I know this door. I know we're walking through this door. Like um, there were many things that I felt had, if I was to express, you know, we say when, you know, God opens door, we walk through it. I felt like for the past 10 years, we had been walking up steps to this door that I had visualized in my mind and decided that that was God's will for our life. So for 10 years, I feel we'll be walking up a staircase and I just continued to walk up this staircase. And about four months ago, um, I realized that that staircase we had been walking was not to go through the door that I thought we were going through. And honestly, that was like really painful. That was something that I honestly was like, Nah, nah. I spent like a week mourning and grieving. And my mourning and grieving, like it's probably not like normal people's. Like if there was like a bar, <laughs> I'm like 10 levels above that standard mark of what poor people probably mourn and grieve. I, I am, I'm very emotional in that sense. Um, and that again has to do with my self-pitying and all my other issues and victimizing myself. So yeah, it was a really, really painful week of accepting the fact that, you know what, the steps that I had thought we were climbing up to this particular door opening, I realized that in having so much confidence in what I thought what was God's will and what I thought these steps were leading to, I got to the top of this staircase and the door that I was wanting to walk through wasn't there. Um, it wasn't there. It wasn't even closed. Like it was just, there was no wall. <laughs> there was, there was no wall and there was no door on that wall. And uh, so that was like, that was really painful. That was for like a week. And I remember I'm like, okay, I thought this, this thing with that church person was hard to cope with. And I thought I'd never 
be able to process and deal with that. And then I got to the reality of this door and this wall not being at the top of the staircase that I was like, okay, God, like that took the breath out of me. I, I'm like, this is, this is really full on. And I thought that was the worst bit. Then like about two months later, um, God, God brought me to another realization. And that realization was individually, you've been walking up a staircase and in faith, you have been trusting and confidently believing that this staircase is leading to this next door for you individually. So I had a staircase for me and my family, and then I had a staircase for me individually. And, and as I, as I realized when I learned to accept that God's will was not God's will, what I thought was God's will for my family wasn't God's will for my family. God was then able to open my eyes to the fact that, you know what, even your will for your life may not be my will. Okay. Okay. Guys compound everything for the last 12 months. That was me for three weeks when I realized that individually, personally, the staircase that I had been walking up to this door that I was like, this is God's will. Um, I felt that I had had so much confirmation. Um, I felt that there was, I felt that God was blessing in terms of getting me up this staircase individually. And when I got to the top, again, there was no door and there was no wall. I had just been climbing up a staircase that was not leading to anything in terms of um, maybe the vision that I had had for where my future was going to be. Okay, that was worse. That was, that was, I was in like ICU with that one. I was in hospital. I was on life support with that one. That one was really, really hard. And at that point, I decided, you know what? I'm like, God, you cannot take anything else. Like there is nothing left for you to take that I cherish. Nothing that I, I desire for my life, for my future, for my family. I felt that if, if it was like to be stripped, like there was nothing else to be stripped. I am just like, bones <laughs> there's there's no skin there's no muscle there's no clothes I am left with bones and you cannot take anything else away from me um I I felt and honestly the experience I know it wasn't like Job clearly I, by God's grace I still have my family I still have my home I still have my health so I think I think the way that this whole thing worked out, I think God really helped me to deal with some of the things that I cherished in my heart and not, they weren't sinful. So trust me, these doorways that I had were not sinful. They were actually very Christ focused, ministry focused, you know, give my life for the gospel kind of doors that I had (laughs) built for myself. Um, So it wasn't, but I had cherished ideas and I had even cherished believing that I knew God's will for my life. And I think that's probably where I really want to focus this podcast is that sometimes we can cherish our will for our life and even justify it as it being God's will because it is righteous. Um, and because he says, ask anything according to my will and it will be given to you. And I can 
sincerely tell you that the two doors that I was hoping to walk through were according to God's will. In the context of the reasoning behind walking through those doors and wanting those doors for my life and for my family's life. Is that God's plan? No. Uh, Clearly, I have found that it may not be God's plan. It may not be God's plan for now. I I totally accept the reality of that. Um, But at the same time, I feel like the realization that God has given me is that those doors are not our doors. Uh, Those doors are other people's doors. And our doors are very different and they're very different for many reasons. I believe they're different because of choices that we made when we were younger. I believe they're very different for reasons that uh, decisions that we have made as a family. Um, And in addition to that, like I'll be totally honest, I feel that um, it is not God's will for our life right now because God needs to do other things that are more important And in order for us to really be where God wants us to be, uh, he's doing a lot of personal heart work uh, with me personally, with Stevie personally, with us as a family. And I realized that that door may not be there now. It may be there later and that's fine. But I've really come to the point where God is like, I need you to continue on this journey I need you to continue to climbing up steps knowing that there is no door Um, I felt almost like an Abraham and Isaac moment like I need you to sacrifice Isaac knowing that you don't know if there's going to be another Isaac to replace Isaac and I think that is where God has brought me he is like I need you to keep walking with me and continue with me knowing that there may not be a door and that the door that is at the top of this staircase is not the door that you in your head had worked out that was God's will for you. And the reason why I wanted to share this with you is because I had got the way that I had processed all these disappointments and accepted the fact that, you know why, God is not God is not opening the door. I feel like the door isn't opening, which is fine. Like I've really come to accept that now. Um, But prior to the road trip and prior to like three months before the road trip, four months probably by that stage, um, I really just felt like, you know what, God, I feel like you're just taking everything that gives me hope everything that gives me a sense of purpose, everything that gives me even like my identity, I feel like you're stripping that. And the one thing that I have hope for, the one thing that keeps me like above water that still, I don't know, the the one thing that I can hold onto, you've just taken it away. You've, You've opened my eyes to accept the reality that that isn't that isn't a life guard that I can hold on to. Like it's, it's not, I can't, like I need to let go of that and still continue on the journey and still keep trusting in you. And I have recited Proverbs 5 verse 6 and 7 so many times, guys. Like 
you know, when they say, oh, it's a memory verse, you know, we'll recite, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and all your ways and acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Okay, I have recited that like so many times, never thought of it in the depth of what I have reflected on it now, where I am with my life. And after those doors and walls were removed and I realized the staircase is going nowhere. That verse came to mind and it was just so clear that God is like, you just need to let me do this. You just need to trust and don't worry about how you're thinking about things. Don't worry about how you're seeing, why this has worked out this way. Don't continue to be like, I'm stripping things away from, he's like, you just need to stop thinking and trying to understand why this is happening. I just need you to trust. And I have never, that verse has never affected me or given me, I don't know if it's given me support. I almost feel like I just, I'm like, yes, I know. Let me lean on your own understanding. Um, I, I, maybe I'm a little cynical towards that verse, but I'm like, I get it. I get it when you are trying to work out why your life has worked out this way. When you're trying to be like, God, why? Why did you do this? Why has it worked out that? I could really see it and understand why God put it in that in the Bible. Like I, I can relate to that verse on such a deeper personal level than what I have ever in my life, in my 21 years of being in the Adventist church. I can now tell you that after 21 years, that verse means a lot to me. Um, sometimes I don't like what it says, but um, it definitely has provided something to go back to, something solid that I can be like, all right, God knew I was going to be at this position where I'm trying to work him out. I'm trying to suss out his motives. I'm trying to work out why he's doing this to me, but he's telling me don't. Don't try and work it out. Just trust me, whatever it is that you hold on to about me, that is true. Hold on to that. And what I came to realize, and I think it's really important that when we, when we look at how people are struggling and how people are going through things and we can be very quick to try and give them Bible verses or tell them that things will be okay I think sometimes until we have gone through this experience, you cannot relate to people on that same level. I will give you an example. Uh, Stevie did, uh, he hurt a sciatic nerve in his back. But prior to that, there was a church member who had done damage to his sciatic nerve. Uh, He was an older gentleman and he couldn't get off the sofa. He actually had trouble standing up and coming off the sofa and his wife used to actually have to help him to get up from the sofa and I remember Stevie saying he's like I can't believe his back is that bad like how can your back be so bad and not in a like not making out like this particular church member was like lying or they were exaggerating he just couldn't comprehend how can your back hurt to the extent where you can't just sit up and, and get off, off the car, off the couch or the sofa, whatever you guys want to call it. And 
he just was in disbelief at the pain, not in disbelief of the person and that pain, just disbelief that you could even injure yourself like that. Anyway, it might have been like six months later, I don't know how much later, Stevie did his sciatic nerve and within like 10 minutes of doing his nerve, Stevie could not move. He was stiff, he couldn't walk. We had to lie him down because we were at his parents' house helping him move. And he's lying on the bed. Stevie's very fit. He's very active. Uh, he works in construction, so he's he's very active. And Stevie couldn't roll on the bed to get comfortable. I had to lift his legs and try and like spin him around, roll him over. Um, he was uncomfortable, so we needed to take his boots and his jeans off just so he could lie on the bed a little bit more comfortable. He couldn't undo his belt buckle because he was in so much pain. It took Stevie, I think it might have been like six weeks to be able to walk without needing a walking stick. So that's how bad his sciatic was. You do not understand how empathetic my husband is when people talk about a sciatic nerve. Stevie is like, I'm feeling you. When people are like, you know, I can't, I can't sleep. He's like, I know, I know how that feels. And honestly, I feel until we go through these experiences where the suffering or the pain, the disappointment, the betrayal is so great that we can no longer see God for who he truly is. I believe we'll never be able to understand when someone else is in that position. I believe that to a certain extent, we can only relate to people to the extent of how much we have experienced. Now, that does not mean that I can still not minister to someone, but there will come a point where I won't understand why they are where they are. And that is something that we have to be really conscious of and be really thoughtful in the way that we minister to people when they are going through a circumstance that maybe we can't relate. I know I have um, a close family friend and um, they were sharing with me how they didn't quote unquote believe in depression. They did not believe in mental health issues. They were the type of Christian who was like, that's just in your head. Like that's, that doesn't exist. Well, this particular person actually went through 12 months of depression. And when he shared with me that he was going through this, he actually said to me, I believe in depression he's like I know how it messes with your head and he's like I don't know how to stop it he's like I don't know how to help myself I don't know what to do and I know that now someone who did not believe in depression someone who has gone through it for 12 months he is going to relate to someone with mental health issues in a way that he would have never have related to them had he not gone through that experience so in the context of what we're talking about, for me to get to a point where I was like, God, I feel like you're just my enemy. Everything that you do is going against me. I feel like you've seen my suffering through what has happened and I feel like you're making the suffering even worse. I feel like you're throwing more fire into the flame. And there are still aspects of that where I still think like, 
God, that was a little unfair, that was unjust. Um, But at the same time, I'm very at peace with accepting where I'm at. And yeah, I, I believe that through the suffering, through the pain, through the disappointment, through God, God literally ripping my heart up with accepting the fact that the doors that I was that I was walking up to is no longer there. I can honestly tell you that I am at peace with accepting that. And now I'm just willing to continue walking up a step, but I don't have this castle in my head and in my mind of where I'm going to go. Um, I am relying on him in a way that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get up today and whatever happens, happens. If a ministry opportunity presents itself, I'm going to follow through with that. If, and by ministry opportunity, if, you know, if I'm going to go and do like a community activity or if I'm going to go and, um, you know, do a Bible study or if someone gives a spiritual conversation, I'll do that. Where prior to that, I was like, you know what, God, I'm like, you close those doors. Let me just change my focus and change my purpose of existence. I'm just going to wake up for me. Um, and, I'm just going to ignore anything that you bring about my path that has anything to do with you. And yeah, I can honestly tell you that why my week away was the week that it was and maybe why I was the preparation leading up to my week of letting my hair down and leaving God at home and coming back to him after a week. Why it was like that was because of this. I was like, you know what, God? Like, that's the choices that you have made for my life. Let me make my own choices now. And they will not be in the context of considering you in my decisions and in my choices. Because I feel that now what you have done for my life is you haven't considered me. And it sounds really spoiled, like really like, <laughs> like so proud. And as I speak about it, like if I was to tell you what the experience was of those four months, I say it now that I was like a spoiled brat. Um, I feel that God has has given me so many things and has provided for me and um, just with gifts and talents. And I feel that, that now that I have such a passion for ministry, I feel like, I don't know, it's like maybe training someone for the Olympics and then getting to the Olympics and being like, hey, you know what, we've chosen someone else that's better for the team. That's what I feel like. I feel like there's been a lead up of preparation to get me to these doors. And now God's like, sorry, we're just going to put you on the bench for this game. Um, That is, that's how I feel. That's how my mind has been processing this whole thing. And yeah, so now I, I look at it, look at it now, you know, after my week break and, you know, honestly, just, I feel I just have given my life back to God accepting that those doors aren't there, accepting the the great disappointments of my life for 2019, I feel like I am in a place where my faith is not conditional on to what he can provide and what I work to, if if that makes any sense. Um, So I feel I'm in a much better place in terms of my commitment to God and maybe the covenant that we have made with each other, I feel I am in a position where it is much healthier and it is probably a lot more true and sincere in what God desires 
for my commitment to him to be like. Um, when I came back from my week, uh, after my week uh, road trip, I sat down and had we were just chatting with Stevie and we're having discussions. And I don't know how the, com- the conversation led up to this, but I remember saying to him, you know what, this week was make it or break it for God. And Stevie looked at me and he was like, yeah, I know, I could tell. Um, And it really was, like, guys, it really was. And, you know, for people that might be like, but how can you be going through that and still have a podcast and still have multiple ministries? And um, I want to give you a little bit of an insight as to how that works. And as I I was praying with God about how to share this particular aspect, because I know... I know that it's very, to get up for church and to go to church and be in leadership positions and to be in ministry positions and to have a podcast every week, but to be hating God or to be an enemy of God or to be at the point where you're ready to walk away from God, but still be active in ministry can seem very hypocritical. And it is in a sense, but I want to give you at least my perspective of why I could do what I did um, even though me and God weren't tight like that Um, you can be a fan of a team like a football team and you can support them and defend them and stand up for them and just be really committed to you know just just being a fan for them now they may like have sucked the whole season they may have been like just played terribly they may be at the bottom of like the winner's tally board uh they may be like maybe their team is just not performing well maybe they have some dodgy players but you're still committed to that team whatever team that is whatever area of the world you live in whichever team you follow or if you don't follow think of something else but you're committed to that team and you're committed to that team regardless of where they are at this particular time they have may, they may have won five consecutive grand finals but this year they just are playing terribly but you're not going to disregard the season that they're in for this year purely because they're just sucking this year when they have won you know three grand finals previously so i feel that that is where i was with my faith with my church and with god i felt god i have enough even though I'm in a really dark place, even though I am ready to make a decision as to whether I am going to continue being active in my faith and if I'm going to continue in allowing you to be part of my life or I'm ready to just step back and create a bigger gap between us. Even though I, that was where I was at prior to my road trip, that didn't take away from believing in who God is in the depth of his like the truth of who God is it that didn't the fact that I was going through this hard time of dealing with disappointments and discouragement and betrayal even though I was going through that and even though I wasn't I wasn't trusting God with what he was leading and what he was doing in my life that didn't take away from the fact that I've seen him lead throughout my life in so many ways the miraculous journey that he has taken me up until this point It didn't take away from the fact that I've been walking up those stairs and he's been taking me higher and higher on a personal spiritual level, but also in terms of my my desire for outreach and ministry. 
just because I'd got to the top of the door and I was ready at the top of this staircase and I realized that there was no door and I was dealing with everything that came as a result of that door being taken away. It didn't take away that when I am at the top of the stairs and I look down to see what God has done in my life, that's still there. So just because I wasn't in the best place with God, it didn't take away from the passion and the desire I still have for serving him um, and for letting other people know of him. The struggle that I was facing is I've never had to deal with accepting God's will being contrary to mine when I was so, so positive and determined that I knew what his will was for my life. And yeah, to a certain extent, you know, I feel like I have made a decision now, um, which is, you know, for next year I will be doing, I will be going to uni. Um, And for me, I feel like, I feel like turning my back on God. Like I, I spoke with another friend who's, who's, loves ministry as well and um just is willing to do anything for his savior and he was involved in full-time ministry as well so he has he has experienced full-time ministry and he knows how fulfilling that is and he's also going to do he's doing uni studies at the moment and he said he wrestled with the idea of getting a degree and investing time in studying for what we would classify as like earthly gain And he really wrestled with that because he felt like he was turning his back on God. And I feel the same. I feel that, yeah, I feel the same. Um, And I've really had to wrestle with that. And I've had to be like, God, am I doing this just to get back at you? Am I doing this just because like, I'm like, yeah, you don't, you didn't give me that door. I'm going to make my own door. I'm going to jump off the staircase. You've just taken me um, up and I'm going to go find another door. Um, I feel a little bit like that. And I've had to really pray with God and, and help me to, to really work out why my motives are as to why I'm going to uni. But at the same time, I would say that 90% of the reason why I'm going to uni is because I have accepted that that door isn't there for me, but I have a yearning to do this uni course and I have a desire to use that in conjunction with ministry, I feel it's giving me skills that will be very applicable to ministry that will only help me to do a better job. And ultimately at the end, you know, if I can get a job um, in the field of work that I'm studying, that that is obviously the ideal. But um, ultimately I feel like, God, I'm not going to keep pushing for this door and I'm just going to go other ways and if you continue to open those doors then I will go through those doors instead of being a stubborn spoiled little brat at the top of this staircase and trying to like knock this door down that you have not put there for me I'm willing now to accept that hey there may be other doors that God wants me to walk through and just because this particular door was what I felt was God's will and that is what his calling is for my life um yeah I I can actually consider other options and you know what those other options if I trust God with all my heart and lean on my own understanding um these doors may actually be of more benefit to my purpose and to my calling according to God's will not according to what I thought what was God's will. Um, <clears throat> but again, like my, 
my point of this podcast is that I I have a bigger understanding now of why people leave God. I can see and I understand uh, why some people can go through a certain extent of hardship and they forsake God. I can understand why people go through trauma and go through painful experiences in their life and they actually hate and resent God. I now can relate to people in a way that I know I would have never been able to understand. Maybe not relate, maybe maybe I could try and relate to a certain level, but I never would have understood why they went and why they made the choices that they made and why they are no longer Christians and why they um, actually have a deep hate for God and anything that is religious and anything that is Christian. I can understand why you get to that point and how you get to that point in my own little way, um, in, uh, very insignificant to what other people have to go through. Um, but regardless, I can see how it has led them to take that path and why spiritually they felt that there was, God, let me live my best life without you. I can totally understand it. And I now feel that, I will be less judgmental as to how can they do that? Why would they do that? Like, why would they react that way and respond that way to what's going on? I can honestly tell you that now I I can understand it. Just like Stevie can understand why a sciatic leaves you the way that it does. Um, yeah, I think it it really gives such, such a better understanding um, of, yeah, how the human heart can be broken to the point where it does not want to be healed by the healer uh, because they don't understand his will and they they don't understand um, the purpose of our suffering and how we can grow through our suffering or we can choose to turn our back on God and grow further apart from him um so yeah that's probably what i wanted to yeah share with you as to why i saw that god was my enemy and now it will give you a bit more context as to why my week away was going to be a week of just yeah me living my life for a week and doing whatever i wanted really because i didn't want to i didn't want to be in subjection or in surrender to this God that had hurt me um, and had done things that, yeah, tore my my heart apart. Um, But again, that was a distorted perspective. Now in the light of my week with God and really just being in the depth of his love and in the depth of his goodness, I can see that, yeah, the suffering wasn't, as a result of, of God really doing anything, but more so of me understanding that, yeah, in my own weaknesses and in my own confidence and in my own even sin, um, things had worked out the way that they had worked out because of me, uh, because I hadn't truly surrendered to God and allowed him to, to guide me in my life and to allow for his will to be done rather than what I thought was his will for my life. Um, All right, guys. Well, that's the episode for now. I pray that you can come out of that with a deeper understanding, uh, a bit more empathy. And yeah, look, uh, 
sometimes until we're there, we won't understand it. We'll still question why people would would feel like that and why people would, yeah, turn their back on God uh, when they are so involved in church and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, guys, until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit. All right, ciao for now.